Nobody hits as deep as we do. Nobody's going to ask the real questions. Who gives a fuck what your favorite color is? Who, who gives a fuck why you chose the name you chose, right? Yes, it's important to the character. But dive deeper than that. Because when you ask somebody, oh, where'd you get your name from? They're going to give you a story from fucking, oh, my friend gave it to me when I was 12 years old. So now I rock that because it was my Xbox name. And what substance does that have to it, right? Okay, how did being on the Xbox impact you growing up, right? A lot of people find video games as a safe haven for them. Other people find video games as a relief for them. So understanding why that person is so attached to these things, these inanimate objects, it goes way deeper than that. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And man, today we got a former guest. We got a homie of mine. And I really wanted him to come back for the two-year anniversary. I think that, uh, man, we made it to two years. It's just crazy. So go ahead and introduce yourself real quick, bro. Man, first I want to say, you know, happy two years to Sad Boy Radio. This is dope, man. Like, I've been seeing you grow for the past two years since you had Nico on here. And, like, even, like, the way you interview is crazy. So um, my name is Equan. I am the music manager for Nico Supremo and Patrick Sun. Also, since the last time I was on here, I actually picked up some other business um, inquiry. So I am also the director of talent acquisition for a media company called Positive Space Media Group. And um, I tapped in with my big homie, Mikey, a.k.a. Chicago Stick Up, a.k.a. Chicago Beats. I am the event manager for Space 333. You've been making moves, too. Everybody eats, bro. <laughs> yeah, I got to, bro. Real quick, go ahead and touch on those new roles a little bit. Do you want me to tell you how like how I got them, how, how, how it happened? Shit, how you got them, what you do. Uh, you, he, he said, I got a really long, fancy name for the first one. So, Positive Space Media Group. So, basically, what I do is I'm the director of talent acquisition. So, what that means is that, like, if if there's some one of our clients whether that be um, Circle K or some type of company that needs models, I go out there and I find the models to model or act or do whatever uh, <laughs> in these, in, in, in whatever content they're trying to create. We are actually starting a modeling uh, agency through Positive Space Media Group. Sorry, Hunter, yes, I announced this on that, but I'm saying it now. Uh, we're launching a modeling agency through Positive Space Media Group and we're going to be bringing out girls who wants to start their modeling career. We're going to be building their portfolio from the ground up. Damn, bro. Make sure people, bro, not just girls. You got to be inclusive nowadays. Okay, yes. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I mean, male models as well. You know, males as well. But, you know, I'm good at pulling the lady. So, uh. And then um, with Space 333. Now, this is dope, man. Um, you guys don't know who um, Chicago Stick Up is? This dude does it all. He's a graphic designer. He's a producer. Um, he does music management. But he has this brand called Space 333. And it's all about providing a space for people who want to do anything creative uh, in the music scene. Uh, and right now, we're building in Chicago and New York. Um, so what we've been doing is hosting events, whether it's been live bands, uh, and if an artist wanted a birthday party, listening parties, DJ parties, um, at our at our space, um, out 
and Wicker Park. So it's been it's been pretty fun. I feel like you're just a good people person, so it's not even a problem for you. Most of the time, where, where people are coming to me about, I've been in their spot, so I know what you're thinking, what you're trying to do. You know, you you want you trying to beat the short, you want the shortcuts, you want the cheap options. You want the easy way, you know what I mean? And I do my best to try to work with people and communicate with them. Also, with Space 333, we try not to gatekeep. So we don't want to feel like, oh, we only want to work with someone that got clout or someone who's that's popping, you know? If you, some a young dude that's in college and you got the money to pay for the space, you got a dope idea, let's do it. We, we can make it happen. And I and me, myself, I work every event. Since we start throwing, since I've been on a team and helping with the events, I haven't missed an event yet. I like meeting people because not only are the events dope for Space 333, they're good for the team to network. So I've been meeting a lot of people. That's a great thing to be able to be doing, right? Especially for the community because... There's so many people who don't know even where to start. You know, what's the first step to get there? And that's kind of like the perfect thing for today, right? The perfect transition. It's like, where do you even start? Two years ago, we started and we didn't really have an angle. We didn't have a vision. We just kind of wanted to be at the top. We wanted to get to know everybody. And it really was just genuine conversations. It, it wasn't anything more than... I didn't view it as a business opportunity. I viewed it as, damn, I get to have conversations with artists around Chicago, and I'm just building relationships. And as time went on, it turned into, all right, now this person wants an interview, this person wants an interview, and we become a platform that is well-known throughout the area. Over the past two years, you know, since you've been running uh, Sadboy Radio, has has the way you book people for the show changed? Like, is it more professional? Is it easier or is it harder? I think it's harder in the sense that we're more selective. Um, when we first started, it was just kind of, okay, let's find who we can bring on. Okay, you're an artist I know. You you know somebody that I know. All right, let's make it happen. Let's make the schedule work. Now in those situations, it doesn't feel like I'm asking somebody to come on rather than, hey, they want to do it. You know, before it felt like a favor, like they were kind of reluctant to do it, but they're going to do it because they know this person. Um, and just as time has gone on, right, now I'm able to be in the position where, okay, let's let's have a conversation. What are you about? Let me do my research about you. Let me actually get to know who you are prior to you even coming on. This is something I learned when I went to do an interview. Not everybody's a fit. They can have the biggest audience, but if they don't fit what you're talking about or what you're doing, then it doesn't even matter. Do you feel like um, the people that you've interviewed or um, you had like a previous relationship with them, or do you feel like after you interview them, that relationship grows or is created? Everybody I interviewed prior to episode 10, I knew them. After episode 10, I had no clue who they were, the first time ever talking to them. And, you know, sometimes you want relationships to continue to grow, but it's just not something that's realistic at that time. Everybody's going through their own shit, so shit, in all due time, bro. I mean, that was an episode title, right? And everything works out when it needs to work out and you are not you're in charge of what you do but god's timing is just right for everybody but when you're outside and you see someone that you interviewed they gonna show some love right what's up bro of course bro yeah, yeah. i like that no that, that's why sure. we're outside all no, the time i say that though because you know you can work with someone you can you y'all can make a song together you can have a beat with them and they can they will hollywood you 
bro. Some people, some people do that. Some people act Hollywood, and we just we try our best to like not feel like it didn't happen. But some people do it. Some people think because they got ten thousand followers on social media that they're the greatest in the world. I'm like, bro, that ten do that ten thousand convert into streams? Does it convert into people coming to your shows? No, bro. So that ten k. You're Twitter famous, you know? 10,000 almost means nothing. And that's true with any number. You know, when we hit our first mill on the reel, I always thought when we hit a mill, that was going to be some huge monumental thing. We're going to go brag about it. You know, it's going to feel good. The shit didn't feel like anything. Because at the end of the day, I'm still in the same position I was in yesterday. I'm still in the same position I was in a month ago. I can't say a year ago because we're not in the same position, but yes, it helped us grow. But how much did it help us grow? What is it really doing? Because the same problems I have today, I'm still going to have them in a week. It doesn't matter because I went fucking viral one time. Who was the one million view person? It was OG Steve-O. Oh, yeah, not surprised. That's just crazy because, bro, and, like, this isn't even a Steve-O issue, but I told him, I'm like, yo, like, the video got fucked up, like, really bad. And I had to fix that shit. There was no audio on one camera, so I had to line it up manually. I also, one of the videos was shot in 1080. It was shot in HD. So I had to zoom it in so it would end up being 4K. Luckily, the picture was so clear that, like, it didn't even fuck with it. But, like, that's a little shit that people don't know, right? All these obstacles that we have to overcome and... That that's it. Like, I, who am I gonna go complain to? Nobody's gonna give a fuck what I have to say. I'm gonna just make it happen. And to think that I was willing to one reshoot that, or two, like the thought of damn, this shit might not work, and it ended up being one of the biggest ones. And shout out to OG Steve, man. That's a dope artist. Definitely the next one coming up from Chicago for sure. He got that show with Nardo, but I mean, it's the same day as our event, so fuck, fuck that event. <laughs> but yeah, bro. I mean. Honestly, when it comes down to it, two years, the whole reason we're throwing the event, when you think of two years, that's when you, that's that's what determines the fucking real workers from the fake workers. Like, you don't just get to two years fucking just going about your day. And for me, it was really about consistency, going through the motions and dealing with everything else you have to deal with. It You have to choose between... You know, going to a job, you have to choose between relationships, losing people. I've lost so many people along the way of doing this podcast, and that's just because I couldn't dedicate enough time to certain people. When it comes to relationships, friendships, whatever it is, you have to dedicate time to those. Otherwise, they're just going to end up dying. Yeah. We've used that metaphor a lot on this show, where friendships, relationships are like plants. you got to continuously water them. Without that, they're just going to end up literally dying you need they they need attention to flourish and for us i always chose everything but those relationships you have to move like that right like for you to be able to do what you do you it, you have to treat it like a relationship right first you have to love it when you love it that means that you're thinking about it when you when when you're not doing it you want you you are trying to figure out ways to grow it uh, and then you have to be committed to it, right? Once you commit to it, that means that you will sacrifice different things and times to make sure that you're dedicating 
your energy towards it. And then you have to understand it. Now, understanding it means, like, you have to be able to know how to build it and figure out what resources you need to make it grow, right? You got to be married to it. It's like married to the game. You have to be married to your craft, you know? Like, I'm married to music management. Like, um, you know, after Christmas, my OG died. And my mom passed away, and I knew we were in the process of dropping uh, Pat's project. We're trying to put things out. We're trying to put things in motion. And I just had to lock in even more. I was like, I know I'm going to have to be the one that's going to have to lock in even more. I know people are going to be sad. People are going to be reaching out to me. But I can't slow down. I can't stop. Uh, but I still, had, I still took the time to mourn my mother. But I, I also had time to make sure that I um, committed my time to Pat and Villain Energy. How do you feel like you were able to make time for both because for you you became basically the patriarch for your family you're always involved with your younger sister now who is in college and she has to deal with that shit while you're dealing with your shit luckily my mom wrote everything down so when you know someone's passed you got to access their accounts you need all that personal information everything so my mom wrote everything down i got access to this journal uh and that's it's so crazy too because i feel like for pat project um one thing, the symbol of this project is like a journal. And that, when my mom passed, that's what I had. It was a journal with all her information in it. That she, and that allowed me to just do everything at different times. And my job was so flexible where it allowed me to step away for a bit and take care of business. So during the day, I'm calling insurance companies. I'm calling funeral homes. I'm reaching out to um, uh, gra the graveyard. And then at night, me and Pat was in the studio. We're, um, we're planning uh, our trip to Wisconsin. We're figuring out the cover art and all that stuff. So it was, it was, it was about balance, you know. I'm doing this during the day. I'm doing this during the night. So it was a crazy time. I will say I was stressed. I was tired. I was losing sleep. But I was, I was locked in. Like, I was getting it done. Like, I didn't care. I was like... Why do you feel like you were pushed even harder with that loss? My mom felt untouchable, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think I would lose her at the age of 26. You know, I didn't... So I was like, wow, life, it, it, can, it can be gone in a heartbeat. Anything can happen. So if I don't take the chance to, of action and, and do what I need to do now and get things done, I may, you know, life is short. I may miss out on something. So I need to be more than focused. If I... If I just like if I'm sorrow and I'm sad all the time, uh, shout out to Sadboy Radio. If I'm if I'm in, you know if I'm if I'm down and it slows me down and it pushes back uh, the project or any work I got going on with Space Three 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 or Positive Space Media Group, I'm only hurting myself. I don't want to set myself back. I put in too much work for that, so I didn't want to allow it to set me back. I just so I use it as a motivation. Like, now everything I do, I do it for my mom. Like, it's 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 in her name, you feel me? Like, it's going to eventually be tatted on me, but it's for her. Because this, when she was here, she wanted me to work hard, so while she got I'm going to work harder. That mentality is something that had always pushed me as well, right? Not knowing when it's all going to end. And that's why I look to artists like, it's, they're, they're ironic artists, but I love their music, you know, G-Eazy and Ed Sheeran. Those are two people who... They talk about it in their music. Like, I had to leave home. I had to go find what I want to do and make sure that I pursue it to the fullest extent before I can give myself to anybody or anything. 
And in the song, uh, Everything is Everything by g Easy, I'm going to pull it up right now. He says, she said, you chose this after all we've been through. A fuck boy, how could you be so forgetful? You think they all real and they'll stay with you. And if you're not that dumb, I'm mad I ever fuck with you. You think you're that real till that limelight hits you. Mm-hmm. And you could think of it as like fucking he went to fuck another bitch. Or you could think of it as... I chose this lifestyle. I chose being famous. I chose pursuing this music shit to the fullest extent. And now this person who I've been supposedly giving all my time to, this person that I'm supposed to be in love with, this person that I'm supposed to make my world, they're not getting that. So they're never going to understand that shit. They're not going to understand what it takes to reach this level for you. When it comes to any type of thing you're trying to grow, this is where you want to live the rest of your life. This is what you want to do for the rest of your life. This is something, because Sad Boy Radio can, and let me ask you this. Do you do you think Sad Boy Radio or do you want Sad Boy Radio to be bigger than just a podcast? I want to make it literally the the biggest podcast in the world. I want to make it the biggest radio station in the world. I want to make it as big as it possibly can, right? I want to be able to throw a festival. I know everybody fucking says that when they throw an event, but I want to be able to throw a festival because I'm going to be have access to all these artists. The thing that separates us from everybody, and I always tell everybody this when they bring up another podcast to me, they tell me, oh, what about this podcast? I'm like, bro, nobody does what I do. And the reason I say that is because Nobody hits as deep as we do. Nobody's going to ask the real questions. Who gives a fuck what your favorite color is? Who who gives a fuck why you chose the name you chose, right? Yes, it's important to the character. But dive deeper than that. Because when you ask somebody, oh, where'd you get your name from? They're going to give you a story from fucking, oh, my friend gave it to me when I was 12 years old. So now I rock that because it was my Xbox name. And what substance does that have to it, right? Okay, how did being on the Xbox impact you growing up, right? A lot of people find video games as a safe haven for them. Other people find video games as a relief for them. So understanding why that person is so attached to these things, these inanimate objects, it goes way deeper than that. I will say this too, is one thing that I see from looking from the outside looking in, is that I know when you're gonna drop an episode. Like I know your schedule now. Like I know I know the days you're gonna interview, and I know the days you're gonna drop. Um, and I think that makes you different because you're dropping a lot of content. And for you to do that, you have to be committed. The fact that it comes down to creating so much content, pushing it out, right? I'm, you're not the first person that told me, "Oh, I know your schedule." Like if you don't drop on a Friday, I know there's something wrong because we've been at it for so long. And finding that time to really just Finding the time to really just do it, it's fucking hard, bro. I think that that's something that really is taken for granted. And when you look at another artist, when you look at anybody else, once they just stop doing it, you're like, damn, what the fuck happened to them? And then two weeks pass and you don't give a fuck anymore. It's like, did any of that content ever matter? And that's why I say, like, there's still real problems at play. Like, these stresses that I go through and my problems this year are nothing compared to what they were when I started this shit. So, you know, I'm blessed for that. But I'm still stressing. I'm exhausted. Like, right now, bro, I'm fucking as tired as can be. And that's because I'm on my phone. I'm on my computer. I'm on this shit all day. I'm at work working on this shit. 
I'm trying to push an event that, you know, I want people to be a part of. I want to create normalcy with having DJs headline these shows because, bro, look, look at, like, the crowd that these people put, bring out. Inez, Drip, Santos, like, these are people that are passionate about music, having a good time, people that are passionate about the energy that these people, you know, give out. Inez, Santos, and Drip, they're they're just dope-ass people, bro. And then being able to add Marce, Bugatti, and Nico to that, that shit's fucking amazing because Nico was on our one-year episode. Nico's the homie. Marce and Bugatti, they're fucking lit as fuck, bro. They're amazing reggaeton artists, and I'm sure that one day, you know, they'll be on the biggest festivals with fucking Bad Bunny, Rao, like all of them. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy because those six, they fit the Savoy Radio lineup so well. Like, it makes sense because all of those three fit each other. And then the the brain of Sad Boy Radio, it fits them. So um, I'm glad that they're on that lineup. I'm excited to see how that goes because I've like i I've seen a Sorry Poppy tour that King and S has done, and this is kind of like um, how this is like the Chicago version of it. You know what I mean? You know, it's not to take away from any of the girls, any of the women that are a part of fucking Sorry Poppy, but this event is literally the homies, bro. Like, it's literally the homies coming together. And that that's what made it so special for me is I was able to bring all these people I've interviewed back together into one space and create something that's, you know, putting on for Sad Boy Radio, but also putting on for themselves. Like, bro, we had Drip talk about finding out the kid that he thought was his wasn't his. That was the first time I ever fucking talked to Drip. We had we had Inez talking about toxic relationships who who fucking knows that about Inez? Nobody. Because she is your girlfriend's favorite DJ, so no one's thinking about that toxic shit. When I first saw Inez's profile, I'm like, damn, she's she's really about her own shit. Like, she's a boss. Like, she for real is a boss. So to think that she was ever in a toxic relationship, that thought would have never, like, it never occurred to me. You know what I'm saying? And then Santos, Santos let his first interview be a sad boy radio interview. And he still tells me to this day, like, honestly, like, I don't know if I'd do an interview with anybody else, but I would definitely do another one with you. That's dope because, like, as a, as a, I feel like as a podcaster, you, 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 you get a win out of getting information from someone that they won't, you know, they usually don't open up to anywhere else because that's what it usually, um, people are always trying to ask questions and they want to know if, is, well, they, well, they have to choose that platform to first provide the information, right? So for them to come to your like to your space, to your brand, to your podcast and say those things, you're doing something right. It was obviously a learning experience. That's the number one thing is that at the end of the day, and I've said it so many times, we didn't just end up here. We di we didn't just become Chicago's number one music podcast. We didn't become the platform that everybody wants to come to. You know, I'm I'm sure, like, I, I can name three other podcasts right now. I can almost guarantee you, I don't know, but I can almost guarantee you, they're the ones hitting up their guests, though. It's not somebody hitting them up and being like, yo, let me get, the, let me get on this platform real quick. That's called gatekeeping. I'm talking about more so from the fact that, like, they're reaching out because they're still at that point where, like... I still gotta, I still gotta do the groundwork, and I was at that point okay. at okay. one point, I see right? What you're saying. Yep. Recently, you've been posting the toxic tales. Now, I, I replied to all of them on Instagram because they, they are literally funny to me. It's funny because like, I, 
you want to ask all the questions. I, I and and you were asking some funny questions, but I'm like, this man wants to say something else. So I know you holding himself back. Um, is that something that you're gonna do more, like spring of 2023, summer of 2023? Oh uh, yeah, bro. I mean, I got the where's the cameraman? I got the cameraman in here right now. My boy Diego, he. He fucking shot it. He co-edited it. Oh, it was it you and me. Diego out there. Yeah. Oh man, and Vic was here. Vic was there too. But oh man, Diego was shooting it. He oh bro, we got a funny one with Vic coming out. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got a funny one. Like he's, you got Vic got the mic. Uh, uh, you're gonna see, but don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Diego, he shot it. He co-edited it with me. He mainly did like the the big edits. I just went in there, tweaked some shit. Uh, you know, it, it's all like a team thing, bro. And I think that. When it comes to doing shit like that, you got to have a great team. Without a team, like, I can't be out there shooting that shit myself and fucking talking. And it's having fun with it. You know, sometimes we do get lost in the fact that, like, man, we're not making money with this shit. Sometimes we forget that, like, we started this shit just because it was fun and we had a passion for it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what it's come down to is that I haven't taken the break to figure out, like, Okay, what's next? What what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? How do I continue to grow this? Because we've interviewed big DJs. We've interviewed the biggest DJs in Chicago, international uh, artists. You know, we've interviewed big artists, D-Lo, Josh K. Um, who the fuck else? Like, we've we've interviewed big people, but we just haven't had that one OG Steve. We haven't had that shit that just pops and it's never just gonna do that because we hit a million and that shit didn't do shit to my follower account yeah yeah it's literally being consistent with how you post and looking at okay i've i built this up let's go grab somebody big let's make sure that you know we're we're having them promote that shit because you can get the biggest artist on here, and if they don't post it one time, it don't fucking matter. One thing I, I, I realized, though, is uh, when you have a team of people, everyone has an idea, everyone's contributing things. So when you have a team, that you, I think you need two things. Uh, each person need, needs to have these two things in them. They have to be coachable, and they have to t be able to take feedback, right? Because as a team, you got to doing things as a collective. So you are, you're not going to always agree. So what's going to happen is someone's going to give their feedback, and the person receiving that feedback has to be able to take it, do what they do with that feedback, but come back with, you know, either with better actions or better ideas or they have to have a counter-argument that makes sense that's just as good as that feedback, right? And being coachable means that if you have old habits that you've learned somewhere else, but those old habits just don't fit this situation— you have to be able to have someone has to be able to coach you and show you like, hey, this is what works over here. Learn this and let's do it this way because that's what's gonna help us get to the top. You know what I mean? You um, and I'm glad that you guys have that team. Every time I'm in here, I see Vic and Diego. You know what I mean? Which is pretty dope. You know, I can tell these guys, you know, fuck with Sad Boy Radio. Vic over here been adjusting the cameras. You know, some people wouldn't do that. Some people are like, nah, bro, like I ain't trying to do that shit right now. You feel me? Like people be thinking about pussy money weed all the time, but when people trying to get to some, when everybody got like a goal together, they make sure they get shit shaking. It's just bouncing those ideas off each other, right? Making sure that, like you said, being coachable, but not even being coachable, but being open to different suggestions. When it comes to being open to different suggestions, okay, let's try it out. But if it doesn't look right, okay, 
let's switch back let's switch gears right because the there's only an issue when you cannot fix it if you if you can't fix a situation and it's completely broken it's like fuck like what what the fuck are we doing but being able to make sure that everything's all set we're making sure that we both understand each other communication is one of the biggest things whether it's a relationship a friendship if you don't have that open-ended communication, it's like everything's gonna fall apart. As a team and with Sabo Radio, what was the some what were some of the highs and the lows that you guys have faced over the past two years? When people don't fucking post, we my thing is we put in how long do we record? We record for three hours. Mm-hmm. Editing, say I have to do the color grade, say the color grade's difficult, two hours. The editing part you're making sure that the edit looks fucking good moving it around like this shit does not look fucking how it looks on camera and making the cuts so realistically you're putting in at least 10 hours of work post-production so think about that shit i wrote this shit i came to record this shit i did the edits post-production and this is why I say, like, at this point, if you're going to hit me up, yeah, we're going to be looking for some sort of compensation because I'm putting in 10 hours of work and I just broke it down how I do it. You just got to show up and talk about yourself. Yeah, no, that's, you have a good point. You're getting a whole fucking campaign. Like, literally, think about it. You're getting a whole press reveal because on top of that, we're cutting clips. We're posting reels throughout the whole fucking week. We're posting on our story, getting people to come through, YouTube shorts, TikTok, like all that shit. Putting in all that work, I know it takes time, and, and that brings me to my next question. Do you guys plan on growing your team? No. Do you see anyone else joining? No. I mean, an intern. What What's holding you guys back from growing the team? There's no one needed. I mean, the realistically, yeah, it would be great to have somebody to help me out with the editing portion. Um, I'm sure Vic would fucking want somebody to help him out with the recording portion. I think that that takes a lot of trust to bring in another person because it's a well-oiled machine. You don't fix what's not broken. So if nothing's broken, why would we bring in somebody else who might fuck up the cameras? Why would we hand it over to somebody who doesn't know how to make those cuts yet? And it's it's also got to be somebody willing and passionate enough to do what we do. I also think that it's about, like, you want someone to love it as much as you do, right? Like, because even an intern, this person, an intern sounds like they're doing it to put on a resume. You want someone that's committed to your, to the brand, to the cause, to the purpose. Someone that's going to make the sacrifices and put in the time that you're willing to put into this. Um, like... Let's say if someone comes to that person that's part of Sad Boy Radio and they want to be on a podcast and they come to that that person you just brought on, if this person isn't saying something you would say to that individual, then they're not committed, right? They, like, don't go out there. Don't be part of a brand and giving out false promises. I wouldn't do that, right? So you want to bring on someone that really knows the brand, someone that understands, that kind of that knows you, that 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 gets it and that wants to also see you win. He's not there for the fame, the clout. Oh man, I'm part of Sad Boy Radio. You want someone to be like, man, like, 
I'm I'm grateful and I'm honored to be part of this. How do you even determine that? How do you get to that point? It, it sometimes it's natural. It happens naturally. I don't know, bro. I don't I don't see it getting to that point. I had a conversation with my homie the other day. We said this that a lot of people, when you're building a brand, you're building a house, you're building an office, you're building an office, and some people want a a um a room in that office before the house is even built. You know what I mean? Before that, that 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 building is even completed, so what you have to do is tell people, hey, if you want to uh, office in this building, you need to pick up a hammer and put in work just like us. You know, you have to help us build the the the, the foundation, or if the foundation is already there, you gotta get to drilling and add your own value to this place. You know, because um, that's how you, most brands grow. You have to figure out something or someone that's going to help this brand take it to the next level not just someone to do the job just building together i think that that's the most important thing because you got to go through the trenches with people bro to really understand what they're like and what they're willing to do for you and how far they're willing to take this with you right like with vic bro like shit we've been at it for two years like how many other people would have been willing to do all of this shit for two years and continue to see the growth you know until the end when you experience tragic moments with people too like that it brings you guys close together and you're willing to you know help somebody get something done like two two different situations both with nico and pat with nico i was there with, with everything was going on with his dad um you know, his dad um it was a moment when we found him in the garage he was he was on the ground he was bloody um and Nico's mom woke me up. I was sleeping over at his crib. His mom woke me up, and I was the first one to see him when I went down there. He's laying on the floor. It was bloody. And then fast forward, you know, his dad passed from alcoholism. You know what I mean? So that brought me and Nico close together, and I was like, bro, like, I'm here for you. I, I'm. His mom tells me that I'm Nico's older brother, and Nico says the same thing. Me and Nico are brothers, you know? So, like, I was like, bro... I'll do anything for you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here with you with this music, do anything. With Pat, the night my mom died, we were at the gym. And I, I remember being on treadmill, I was next to him. I was like, bro, I just got a text from my sister that my mom's getting rushed to the emergency room. And then we're in a locker room. We're getting ready to leave, me and Pat. And then I'm putting on my hoodie. And my brother called me, and he's crying. I hear my sister in the background. I'm like, yo, what? They're like, yeah, you know, mom's gone. I said, Pat, drive me to the hospital. He didn't hesitate. He didn't say a word. I've ne we we go to the gym in Lakeview. He went from Lakeview to High Park. It felt like five minutes. You know, that ain't a five minute drive. It felt like five minutes. And I realized that at that moment, I was like, Yeah, I'm this is my brother for life. You know, he did that for me. He was here for me. And like the project was on the way. I was like, Yeah, bro, I'm finna put all my time and money into this because what you just did for me, bro, like you when you when you experience situations like that you know that the, these guys, these are my brothers and I'll build with you guys and we can do we can with that type of like um, chemistry we can take over the world. What do you feel like are some moments that establish that relationship, vice versa? There's just times where you know bread ain't looking right for people. You know what I mean? So you help, hey bro, I got you. I can I can make sure I, like I can help you take care of this. By the way, Equan's a big baller, so hey, hit his line. Man, I ain't no big baller, bro. I just, I just, I, I got financially smart, you know. I, I just started making better financial decisions, but like, like getting a dog. Yeah, getting a dog. That was not uh, a great a, financial decision. It's a terrible financial it's decision. Horrible. Dogs are expensive, <laughs> bro. But uh, 
Uh, you know, just like helping, making sure I was there for him at different times. Um, I mean, Pat don't mean to put this out here, but bro was finna be homeless, and I was gonna be like, hey, I, you can move in with me. Like, but bro ended up finding him a crib, and he knew that, like, I would be there for him at that time, if even if he needed me. And then, man, with Nico, man, I, I was in a situation where I had to pay a lawyer, you know, I'm about to go to, I'm dealing with some legal shit, and I'm struggling, pockets empty. I had no job. This is like 2018, 2019. I was like, bro, like, I need this $400 to send to my lawyer. My lawyer gonna drop me. Da, 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 da. And Nico sent me that money. And I was like, bro, like, you're my brother. Like, that's you. I'm free because of you, bro. You I'm know what free. I mean? <laughs> I'm free. I was $400 away from being fucked. Yeah, I was $400 away. I'm locked up. You know? I was gonna say, imagine that, like, situation, but that's actually people's situation out yeah. there. So, shit, that's fucked. Yeah, man, it's crazy. No, that ass because, like, I've been in a courthouse where people are beginning to sent to, like, their life is just done for, like, because they didn't have a lawyer. And you could have beat that case because that lawyer would have said what they needed to say. For you, what do you feel like is one of the biggest sacrifices you've made when it comes to this music shit? I feel guilty about this, and it's kind of crazy to say this. I push my family away for sure, you know what I mean? Like... I stopped spending time with them. I, I, I wasn't going to nobody graduations, no proms, no birthday parties, even funerals. Um, and I had started to realize that because it felt like my family didn't know me. You know what I mean? Like, they would say things about me that I, like, I don't have no interest in no more. Or they would say things I used to do that I have no type of, I, I have no habits. Like, I don't do that no more. And I was like, oh, you guys don't know me because I don't come around. I'm spending all this time in a studio. I'm spending all this time in a club, or um, I'm th I'm so locked in on throwing events that I forgot that family's important. You know what I mean? Because that's blood, and so I've been actually been trying to take the time to spend time with family, like go to baby showers. My one of my cousins locked up. We talked on the phone. Oh, the one that be sending you music? Yeah, he's sending me music. You know, I be trying to talk to him. He uh he got a his girl. You know, she she committed. Like she be doing every she doing everything for him. Uh, to get him out, and she's sending me music, asking me for advice with, with the music stuff. So uh, that's, like, the bigger sacrifice that kind of been in my head. Uh, everything else, like, that I sacrificed, I have no regrets, you know? Like, I'm, like it, it was necessary. It's hard, man, you know, especially when it comes to having to make those decisions of do I really have the time to be there for somebody? We feel like time is so like limited that at any moment it can be gone so we're so focused on making sure that we're setting ourselves up for life we're trying to become rich everybody's trying to get rich quick or whatever your motive is within this industry right whether it's money whether it's fame whether it's fucking equan's motivation is getting bitches getting bro bitches. I'm, glad, I'm glad you knew it i'm glad you knew it i'm glad you knew it so when it comes to all of those things and then you take a look back and you look at all these moments you missed. You look at the relationships that you don't have with those people. I think about my little sister, man. You know, she's 15 years old, 15 years old. And I I don't really have, like, the strongest relationship with her. I have a relationship with her. But imagine you're 15 years old and none of your older siblings really pay attention to you. Because you, because they have so many other things going on in their life. Whereas me and my brother, we grew up together. My younger sister, 
yeah, we're not that close, but she at least had us around. And How many of you guys are there? There's four of us. Four of you guys. And we're all already over 18. So my youngest sister, she has to go through fucking finishing middle school, high, starting high school, all of that shit, and who she really has to talk to. I'm never at the fucking house, bro. I'm always doing some shit. I'm always at an event. I'm always recording. I'm editing. And I'm so focused. You be outside, man. <laughs> you be outside for sure. I'm so focused on what's going on as far as my personal life, as far as my work life, that I forget about the people that are around me. And I've talked about this a lot when it comes to having those blinders, having tunnel vision, that you don't see what's around you. Have you felt like you've grown in those areas, like as a, like professionally and personally? I, I, I know, like, there's sometimes we feel like, we're not doing things right professionally and personally, but do you feel like you've grown in that in those areas? As far as, like, making sure I still have relationships with my family, I don't think I've ever gotten to the point where they don't know who I am and what I do. But I think that I can make a better effort as far as, like, helping them out when they need the help. For me, I'm just so focused on, like I said, everything I have to do professionally. Hell yeah, I've grown, bro. Like... I do all this editing shit. I would have never been able to do that shit two years ago. That fucking step and repeat I made, I would have never been able to do that shit a year ago. Are you self-taught? Like, you taught a lot of this? Vic showed me how to do the fucking cuts. He showed me the basic, basic, basic shit. He probably showed me how to adjust the light on iMovie. But that was it. You know, once it came down to, like, how to do the, the colors, fucking make that shit pop, everything. Like, I... I literally had to just sit there and look at what it was doing. I think that professionally, I, I've definitely grown a lot as far as my skill, and that's why I see myself as like, hey, you know, now it's it's not free no more. I get that too, man, because like, when and especially because it's high demand for this podcast as well. And when I be outside, I always bring you up. Y'all heard of Sad Boy Radio, and people are saying it, so people want to be on here. They want to use this content, and content is the most important thing right now. Digital content, I think, is one of the top two important thing for any type of brand. So if people are coming to you for that digital content to be on your podcast, it's going to cost them because, you know, it costs you your time, and time isn't cheap. I want to go back to this, this Sad Boy radio event, uh, you know, the anniversary of two-year anniversary, um, which I'm super excited for uh, on March 31st. I know it wasn't easy putting this together. I know, I know it's been a, a, a journey. So what's some of, like, the most difficult things you've dealt with? Pushing tickets, bro. Honestly, like, at the end of the day, it all comes down to, like, the uncertainty. I, I said it like this recently. When it comes to investing into anything, you're, you're fucking taking a risk, bro. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to rain. You don't know if there's going to be a fucking fire. And those are extremes. Raining's not. But having a fire, shit like that. It gets really hard when your self-confidence is almost, like, at a zero. Mm -hmm. Because you're putting in so much work every fucking day to make content, to make flyers, to fucking... And, you know, I had help with the flyers. But there, there'd be some times where I have to fix a flyer. I have to make a new flyer. I have to do all this shit. So, you know, I want to shout out my boy Frankie. I want to shout out Demir. I haven't released his flyers yet, but we got more flyers. That, you know, having uh, having to be on the fucking phone, having to be on the computer all day, and when it feels like nobody gives a fuck because you don't see tickets moving, 
you don't you see likes the fuck's a like doing for me you know i i appreciate people liking it but it's not doing anything for me because i can't guarantee that i'm gonna see you out that night this is a celebration for what we've accomplished for all that we've been through yeah i've talked about my problems for fucking two years but i've also shown light on a lot of fucking artists around chicago and for all the artists that want to be on this fucking show come the fuck out like why why the fuck make it make sense real quick right make it make fucking sense if you are an aspiring artist or an artist and you want to be on somebody's platform why would you not spend twenty dollars to go fucking try to introduce yourself i was actually talking to a friend a few days ago about networking right you have to know who why you're going to an event and and what's important about that person what they can bring some people can tell you anything. Some people can look like they can help you, but they can't. So I do think if someone recognizes that going to this event, they can network, um, they should buy a ticket. You know what I mean? Think about how much money I spent on to get into a club before I knew Inez, before I knew Drip, before I knew any of these DJs. And I was still making my way to the DJ booth to try to introduce myself because I knew it was an opportunity that I couldn't miss. It's like, why wouldn't you do the same thing? You understand that. You know, that's the reason why there's Sad Boy Radio. Those are, that's why you see success, because you get that. Some people don't, and that's why they don't see success. Really, like, I, I, ask my, I ask myself that question all the time. It's like, why isn't this person understanding this is what you should be doing or this is how this works? It's because they just don't. There's no one telling them, and then they're not looking in a mirror or having any self-reflection or, you know, thinking about it. So... That's why they don't think that way. So you can't be, like, beating yourself up over that. It's not only just artists, bro. Yeah. It's fucking people. It's like, bro, think, these fucking toxic tales, fucking anybody I've met out in the club, anybody that's fucking resonated with this shit, like, maybe you don't care about it. Maybe you don't care about Sad Boy Radio. Okay, you, you don't care about it? Cool. But for those of people that have had that one clip that have resonated with them, that hit home, that really made you think, like, damn, like, this dude's spitting. Damn, they got that artist. Damn, this artist actually is interesting. They they are deeper than who they portray themselves to be. Nobody else is going to be doing what I fucking do. And I will say it all the time because I genuinely believe that. And it comes down to the fact that Nobody's going to be able to do what you do. Nobody's going to be able to make music like Nico. Nobody's going to be able to DJ like Inez. Inez, Drip, Santos, they're all different. Prem, different. You've done some unique shit, you know? And out of those things you've done, you know, what What are the things that you've mo you're most proud of? Bro, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, it's the interviews that I was able to do. When it comes to being in this industry, you never know what people are going to be like. You never know how far you can go. And, like, an, another interview, Ozone's. Ozone was a person that from day one i was on a boat with him he didn't know who the fuck i was i showed up because i got invited by somebody from v5 and as time went on ozone noticed what i was doing he was a fan he was a genuine fan of the shit like he showed up and was like damn this is a sad boy radio room like i never thought of it like that i never thought that people really watch this shit and are like damn i wonder what that room looks like and for this big-ass DJ that I looked up to that I wanted to interview from day one, that shit meant a lot. Fun, fun fact, after one of King and Ness's DJ parties at Virgin Hotels, 
She had an after party at Juliana's. Yeah, so she had the after party there, and they was charging a cover. And I I didn't know they were charging a cover because I was just walking up with Bodie, and we saw I'm drunk from a distance. I see DJ Ozone, and I just shouted, "Ozone fucking up the game." I, what what is it? Uh, fucking up the game. Yeah, Ozone fucking up the game. I like shouted it across the street, and he like looked at us. He's like, "Oh, what's up, man?" I was good, bro. Equine, this is my boy Bodie. He's like, "Y'all trying to get in?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Come in with me," and they were like. Cover and those ones like nah they were they were me that was my first time talking to the dude. I was on fucking took me to Mecarito the other day. That that is literally the homie, bro. Your brand is helping you grow relationships and friendships even, and I've seen that in the music management side. Like Bodie, him working like even him, man. I, I'm man. I'm sorry that I took it so long to speak on him, but like even Bodie, that relationship with like that's my brother now. You know, we hang out all the time. He's always, uh, we, he went to New York with us. He came to Wisconsin with us. He mixed and mastered um, um, Superstar uh, by Nico. And he also is the main engineer for Villain Energy. Like, the, the dude's talented, and his music is good. And he's been coming through clutch, man. He's been helping us out. He gave me advice on, he the one that told me, you know, I got a studio in the crib. He was the one that told me where to buy the equipment. So, like, just from working with him, we've grown the bond like as family. So it, this is what the music scene does. It helps you get brothers, friends. I some some people are finding their loved ones in the in the scene, you know. So nah, fuck all that. <laughs> shit, you know, I need me a girl that's gonna sing a little bit, you know. It's said uh, we find love in a hopeless place, looking yeah. ass. But yeah, bro, I appreciate you coming through. Thank you for celebrating two years with us. We yeah, should have took some shots, but oh well. Shout out to uh. Sad Boy Radio, man. This is a dope thing you guys are doing. Two years. I can't wait to see 20, so. That's going to be all. Thank you for watching. Shit. Make sure you guys pop out to Sad Boy Radio Anniversary, March 31st. This one's coming out on my birthday, March 29th, so you guys better fucking buy a ticket. That's all I want for my fucking birthday. Not some big booty hoes. I want you to buy a fucking ticket. <laughs> That's going to be all, guys. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Sad Boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.